Hello and welcome to Timeless Files, a fan podcast for the TV show Timeless. I'm your host, Chris Butler. This time I'm talking about episode 11. We find out what happened next after Flynn abducted Lucy. Wyatt and Rufus meet an infamous serial killer. And Lucy gets to spend time with an up-and-coming young magician by the name of Harry Houdini. I'm going to get straight into it. Season 1, episode 11, The World's Columbian Exposition. The episode starts with the lifeboat returning from 1780 to land back at Mason Industries. Wyatt demands to know where Flynn's mothership is. Gia says it's jumping all over the place. It doesn't have to wait to recharge like the lifeboat does. Agent Christopher and Connor Mason are asking where Lucy is, and Wyatt has to admit that they got separated and Flynn took her. We cut to Lucy, who is sitting at a keyboard, clearly not inside the mothership, but she is being kept under guard. Suddenly the mothership appears behind her and Flynn climbs out of it. He tells her he's been back for a second attempt to find and kill John Rittenhouse, but the compound was heavily guarded and without Benedict Arnold's help this time, he was outgunned and couldn't get in. He tells Lucy that his family is still dead and it's her fault. She insists they have no certain knowledge that killing John would have changed anything. Flynn says they would just have to find him when he's older and kill him then. But Lucy has been searching online and there is no record of him. He just vanished. She guesses that he changed his name because he was afraid of another attempt on his life. Angrily, Flynn says this means they lost their one chance to kill him and he blames Lucy for it. He says now they will have to do this the hard way, killing every member of Rittenhouse one at a time. He forces Lucy back into the time machine and they travel to Illinois, May 30th, 1893. At Mason Industries they track the mothership, but it will be another four hours before the lifeboat will be charged ready for another flight, so they have to wait. Flynn and Lucy and another of Flynn's men have gone to the Chicago World's Fair, There's a beautiful shot of the World's Fair lit up in the night. The world's first ever Ferris wheel was at this fair, apparently. Flynn says there will be a meeting between Thomas Edison, Henry Ford and J.P. Morgan and that they're all part of Rittenhouse and he's going to kill them all. Ford was mentioned in the Bonnie and Clyde episode, which is interesting, but that was 1934, 40 years later than this. Lucy is in no mood to help him with any of this, but Flynn refers to her journal again. He says something that is slightly different to anything he said before, as far as I can recall. He says that the journal says that Lucy and Flynn together will stop Rittenhouse. So the journal is saying that they will succeed in defeating Rittenhouse eventually. But because Lucy and Flynn haven't really agreed on anything so far, Flynn is struggling to believe it. The fact that he doubts it makes me doubt that he and the older Lucy ever met. Maybe the journal is the only information he's got to go on. He tells her, if they're not going to work together, then he really has no use for her. By which he means that he'd just as soon get rid of her, rather than have her as an enemy. Back in the present day, Rufus tells Mason he has erased the recording from the Benedict Arnold episode. Because they killed Rittenhouse's founder so that recording would not have been good for Rufus. 
Mason's attitude is that Rufus is as good as dead and he'll have to run. Mason promises him some money to help him. But Rufus dismisses that idea because he can't go anywhere until he's saved Lucy. So he and Wyatt head back into the lifeboat. Their best theory for what Flynn wants in 1893 is to kill future President Teddy Roosevelt, who will be at the World's Fair. So that's where they're going to start. They arrive in 1893. It's morning now. They get within sight of Roosevelt and then recognise Flynn's man just walking past on the street. So they follow him and he leads them into a building with a sign that says the World's Fair Hotel. The credits are on screen at this point. This episode is written by Lana Cho, who previously wrote the excellent episode three, Atomic City. And the episode is directed by Craig Zisk. He will be back for episode 14 of season one of Timeless. And he has also directed many other TV shows, including episodes of Agent Carter, Parks and Recreation, The Big C, just loads of stuff. Even episodes of Alias back in the day. Flynn says that Edison, Ford and Morgan are going to be difficult to get to. His plan is to plant a bomb to kill them. Lucy says she won't help him. She says he'll have to kill her. She tries to tell him that she's read his classified file and he used to be a good person. At this point, Flynn's man joins them again. This is the man that Wyatt and Rufus were following. He says that Flynn's plan worked. Wyatt and Rufus went for Roosevelt and he had no trouble leading them to the World's Fair Hotel. And then we discover that this hotel later became known as the Murder Castle. Flynn says that Lucy might not be prepared to help Flynn to save her own life, but he's betting she will want to save the lives of Wyatt and Rufus. This murder castle was owned by H. H. Holmes, who became known as the world's first serial killer. The building was built with various secret passages, poison gas that could be fed to the rooms, an incinerator in the basement. This is all historically true. Um, the only thing in doubt from what I read about the case is whether the building was ever actually used as a hotel. Although Holmes certainly intended to do that. The building was in use with shops and other businesses. And Holmes definitely killed people there. Quite how many is unclear. Nine were fairly well confirmed, but he confessed to 27 and some reports suggest it could have been as many as 200. So Flynn has lured Wyatt and Rufus to this very dangerous location and this very dangerous man. He says that if Lucy helps him and does it quickly, he will release her and maybe she can save Wyatt and Rufus. Why does he need Lucy? Well, because he has no real plan to get access to the place where Edison Ford and Morgan are meeting in order to plant his bomb and he's trusting that with her knowledge of this time and this place Lucy can come up with something and her solution is to enlist the help of Harry Houdini. Meanwhile Wyatt and Rufus are searching this murder castle believing that Flynn is there somewhere. Wyatt meets a woman just passing each other in the corridor and he asks if she's seen Lucy or Flynn or any of his men 
giving her a quick description of them. She's trying to carry too many books and what look like architectural plans. So he helps her carry her things into her room. Then as he tries to leave again, he finds that the door is locked. Suddenly gas is coming into the room and the two of them fall unconscious. Meanwhile, Rufus has found his way into the basement, I think, or another room anyway. He's immediately suspicious of the smell and finds human remains in an incinerator there. The next time we see them, Wyatt wakes up and finds he's locked in a sealed room with Rufus, the woman and another man. They try to call out but the room is soundproofed and the sound doesn't carry to other parts of the hotel. There is a door but it's heavy and locked. The woman says she's an architect and she's convinced the room is airtight so they're going to suffocate. Wyatt estimates that will happen in four or five hours. Rufus says maybe less. At first I was a little bit sceptical that Holmes would immediately try to kill Wyatt and Rufus without any reason. But it turns out there was a reason. And that's revealed later on. Lucian Flynn attended a performance by Houdini. He was a young man at this time, 19 years old I think, so not yet famous, but performing. Lucy gets to assist Houdini in his stage performance. It's no surprise that Lucy would be a bit starstruck to meet the actual Houdini. I'm not really convinced that she'd be quite so jolly and happy given the situation she's in with Flynn. Anyway, after the show, Flynn coerces Houdini into helping them by pointing guns at him, as he does. Lucy is apologetic, telling him she had no choice. She tells him that Flynn is holding her friends hostage, in a manner of speaking. He says he thought she was a fan. She says she is a fan, she could never do what he does. With her claustrophobia, she'd be too afraid to be locked up in tight spaces the way Houdini often is. He tells her that fear isn't real. Fear is just how you feel. You have to put that out of your mind. And in his case, he focuses on one thing only, escape. Talking quietly, she says she likes a trick of his called the cut purse and says maybe he will teach it to her. He smiles and says he always did like that trick. Essentially, this is a reference to picking pockets and she's suggesting that this might be a way to get the better of Flynn and his smile suggests that he understands what she's hinting at. They arrive at the building where Edison, Ford and Morgan are meeting. Houdini picks the door lock so they can go inside. Flynn and Houdini go in. Flynn's man and Lucy stay outside. Flynn tells Houdini that she will be killed if he doesn't do what Flynn wants. They come to an internal door that is heavily locked and bolted. Flynn says Houdini has three minutes to get them inside. Houdini looks at the door and thinks this is going to be difficult um, and he comes up with an alternative he climbs up through a hatch in the roof and makes his way into the room from above and then opens the room door from the inside Flynn starts to plant his explosive but Edison Ford and Morgan arrive early earlier than Flynn is expecting but Flynn isn't phased he's thinking he will just shoot them instead he reaches for his pocket but there is no gun there Houdini has picked his pocket and taken the gun and handcuffed him to a rail. And Houdini takes the explosive from him too. 
The sleight of hand is called the cut purse, he tells them. Houdini informs them that they've just been saved by Harry Houdini. He takes a bow and he leaves Flynn to them. Outside he hits Flynn's man with a metal bar, knocking him unconscious. He tries to say goodbye to Lucy, but she pleads with him to help her to save Wyatt and Rufus. And eventually he agrees. Wyatt and Rufus are running out of air. The man with them, George, says he's scared he'll never see his son again. The woman, Sophia, says her father will be waiting for her to come home and he will never know what happened to her. She says that she was the architect who designed the woman's building at the World's Columbian Exposition and that she was the first female to graduate as an architect at MIT, which makes her Sophia Hayden, another real person from history. It's very subtly done, it's nowhere near as obvious as with Houdini, or Holmes for that matter, but it's a nice touch to have included Sophia Hayden. Wyatt tells her he knows what it's like to not know what happened to someone when they disappear, to not have any sense of closure. He's not going to let that happen to the families of Sophia and George. Sophia notices a possible weakness in the wall, and Wyatt thinks he might be able to make a hole so that they can shout for help. She gives him a pin from her clothing to make the hole with, and he gets to work. The police arrive to arrest Flynn, but they've completely underestimated who they're dealing with. The moment they uncuff him, he kills two men and escapes. Lucy and Houdini arrive at the hotel and start searching. Wyatt succeeds in making the hole in the brick, and Lucy hears him calling. She discovers a secret passageway leading in Wyatt's direction. We're reminded again of Lucy's claustrophobia but Houdini encourages her to follow him. He finds the door to the room the others are trapped in and unlocks it, once again showing his ability to undo any lock. Lucy runs in and has a joyous reunion with Wyatt and Rufus. It's a nice turnaround that Wyatt was so desperate to save her from Flynn, but in the end it was Lucy that came to the rescue. I say in the end, but there are ten minutes left in this episode and all is not quite as it seems. Wyatt says they're not done here yet. He's not going to just leave this place with a serial killer murdering people. He grabs a man he saw earlier, but it seems he's not Holmes. Wyatt makes the man show him to Holmes's office, and he tells Lucy to call the police, which rather carelessly separates the two of them. She doesn't get as far as calling the police before she notices among the pictures on the wall there is a photo of H.H. Holmes and she recognises the man that had been trapped in the room with Wyatt, Rufus and Sophia. The man who gave his name as George. She turns around and finds herself facing him, facing Holmes. She calls out and the others all come running but she has vanished. She wakes up in a dark, confined space her claustrophobia has been referred to twice in this episode, so we know this is a nightmare for her. Holmes is talking, to himself mainly, but Lucy can hear. He reveals that Flynn paid him to capture Wyatt and Rufus. A lot of what Holmes did, the murders he carried out, he supposedly did for money, in one way or another. 
So it makes sense that Flynn could have struck a deal with Holmes to kill Wyatt and Rufus. But now that everything's gone wrong for him, Holmes is wondering if Flynn somehow set him up. Lucy is losing it, but then she calms and whispers the word escape, obviously channeling the advice Houdini gave her about not feeling fear. Holmes intends to incinerate her, but in a calm voice she says, I wouldn't do that if I were you, Herman Mudgett. He's shocked that she knows his real birth name. She tells him she knows his past and she's seen his future. She says she's a psychic and she knows he's a spiritualist and that he believes in such things. She continues to list off everything she knows about him, which no one of that time could possibly know, but it's all a matter of historical record for Lucy. Wyatt eventually figures out that Holmes is in the basement. He rushes down there with Rufus and Wyatt stops Holmes from lighting the incinerator. He points a gun at Holmes while Rufus gets Lucy out. Wyatt asks Holmes why he locked himself up with them in the airtight room they were trapped in. He says it amused him to see their fear. Wyatt is looking for one good reason why he shouldn't kill him. Holmes says he will confess to all the murders and give their families the closure they need, knowing how important this is to Wyatt. But Wyatt asks Lucy if this is true. Will Holmes confess? She admits that no, he never did. Which is true in the majority of cases, he didn't. Holmes makes a sudden grab for a metal bar or a hammer maybe. It's difficult to see. Wyatt fires the gun and kills him. Whether Wyatt would have shot him anyway, we'll never know. But in this timeline, that is the end of H.H. Holmes, a.k.a. Herman Mudgett. Back upstairs, they say goodbye to Sophia and Houdini. Lucy thanks Houdini again. He asks if she would be his assistant, but she says he'll find someone else. And she gives him a clue that the name Bess might be someone to look out for. He takes his leave. He almost leaves with Wyatt's gun too, having picked his pocket. But Wyatt stops him and asks for it back. Lucy says to Wyatt and Rufus that she knew they would save her. They admit that she saved them too. She thinks she did all right for a civilian, and Wyatt agrees. Rufus says, we got the team back, and they return to the present day. Rufus has figured out a way to get a certain amount of freedom back for himself, in terms of the threats from Rittenhouse. With Mason listening, he makes an audio recording in which he says, the only thing he's going to do for Rittenhouse is to continue to try to stop Flynn. If that's not enough for them, they can go ahead and kill him. But if they do, or if anything happens to anyone Rufus cares about, then he won't be piloting the lifeboat, and then Flynn will go unopposed, because there is no one else to pilot the lifeboat. He gives the recorder to Mason and walks away. In the last scene of this episode, Flynn calls Wyatt on his phone. Wyatt wants to know how he got the number. He doesn't answer that. He congratulates Wyatt on surviving his stay at the World's Fair Hotel. Then he says that in the Benedict Arnold episode he promised Wyatt the name of his wife's killer and he's a man of his word. The man is currently in jail for two other murders. His name is Wes Gilliam. Flynn taunts Wyatt saying that he can't go back within his own lifetime so to save Jessica he would have to do something like kill Gilliam's parents. So the question is, what is Wyatt prepared to do? 
and what will he do? And that's the end of the episode. One thing that is conspicuous in a lot of these episodes is that we don't see Anthony Brule. I suspect there was a problem with Matt Frewer's availability for filming. He's the only pilot Flynn's got, so presumably he must be flying the mothership in all of the episodes so far. We just didn't see him in this one. I won't say any more about that this time, but there are developments coming related to this, starting in the next episode. I like that a lot of important information is foregrounded early in this episode, like Lucy's claustrophobia, or the cut purse exchange between Lucy and Houdini. This was a strength of Lana Cho's earlier script, too, for Atomic City. One very small criticism of the writing in this episode, or possibly it might be the edit that's to blame. Sophia Hayden isn't named until very late in the episode. If you're going to name a character, if they're important to the story, then I would always say you need to establish the name early. Otherwise, the viewers, or the readers, if it's a book, tend not to take as much of an interest in the character as you want them to. It's just a niggle, but, you know, Timeless sets such a high standard with the writing. I expect perfection. I do like that they included Sophia Hayden, though, and I like the portrayal of Houdini very much. He's a trickster, he's confident and capable. He thinks of the smart way out of each situation. Which means that Lana Cho, in writing this episode, needed to be just as smart in writing the part and creating the role. The actor playing Houdini, Michael Dreyer, is a little older than Houdini is supposed to be at this point, I think. But I can forgive that. He brings a lot of charm to the part and there's a nice chemistry between him and Abigail Spencer. Flynn's abduction of Lucy came to an end more quickly than I expected. I don't know why, but I kind of thought she might be stuck with him for a couple of episodes at least. There have been lots of hints that the two of them will work together at some point in the future, but it doesn't really happen here. One thing that is very clear throughout is that Wyatt was desperate to save her. But now that Wyatt has the name of Jessica's killer, that's going to fuel his attempts to do something to save her. Was Flynn really just being a man of his word when he gave Wyatt the name? Or was he seeking to distract Wyatt away from Flynn himself? and away from Lucy. And can Flynn be believed anyway? We'll find out more in the next episode. That's all for this episode. Next time I will be discussing episode 12, The Murder of Jesse James, which sees the introduction of the character of Emma Whitmore. I think her arrival marks the beginning of the endgame for season one. If you've been listening to these podcasts and enjoying them, I'd really appreciate it if you could spread the word about Timeless Files. All the podcasts so far are available on the site, timelessfiles.podbean.com, or in all the usual podcasting places, including iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And you can find me on Twitter at, at @timelessfiles, Or my personal Twitter account is at cbutlerwrites. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. <laughs>